This is Community Radio for the Rogue Valley and Beyond. You're listening to Rogue Regenesis with your host, Andrew Mount. It's, we're going to call Greg Palast right now and see if we can get him on the line, friends. We're trying... Greg Palast. Hello, Greg. This is Andrew Mount with Rogue Regenesis in Southern Oregon. How are you? Pretty good. We're grateful you could make the time today. We are a Pacifica affiliate station and broadcast Flashpoints and Democracy Now! daily here. So I have Fantastic. been following your work, and of course I consider you one of my great heroes since I'm a broadcast journalist, and uh, I see people like you and Julian Assange standing right out there on that front line of social justice. So more power to you, sir. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I just Julian Assange and I just uh, shared an award in uh, from the uh, Association of Mexican Journalists. Uh, we were designated uh, the International Journalists of the Year together. Of course, I could accept the uh, the award, and uh, Julian uh, was otherwise indisposed. So that's how it goes. But it's very interesting because it just confirmed the status of Greg Palast as a prophet outcast in his own land. But I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm cast into um, Ashland right now. Well, the truth is we are looking for those voices in the wilderness if we're listening to social justice media like Pacifica, and you happen to be one of the loudest of those voices. So I have to admit I had your book in my hands for two and a half days and did not get to read very much of it. So if you could give us, and I know you have several books, but the, the best democracy money can buy, what is the... The best democracy money can buy, the new edition, which is out by, uh, called The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, A Tale of Billionaires and Ballot Bandits, uh, was on the New York Times bestseller list for quite some time. Um, and uh, <laughs> probably it's going to have to be back up there uh, when Trump steals 2020. It's about how Trump stole the election of 2016 and how they, the GOP mostly has been stealing elections since 2000. The basically racist trickery that is used mostly by purging black voters from voter rolls. If, if you don't know me, Greg Pallast, most Americans, I was working because I was living in London and working for the Guardian newspapers and BBC television. Most Americans know me first from a story I wrote um, um, right the week after the week of the election in 2000 in Bush versus Gore. And the election hadn't been decided yet, it was to go to the Supreme Court, and I uncovered a, a set of. Uh, a list of 58,000 black people who were removed from the voter rolls on the grounds that they are were former felons. You know, they were ex-cons, and in Florida at the time, you were not allowed to vote if you had a criminal conviction. By the way, that's not true in Oregon. Um, and uh, but so I got a hold of the list, and what I found is that in fact it was a phony. Not a single one, and I want to repeat that, not a single one of those people who lost their right to vote was an illegal voter, not one. And yet, removing 58,000 black people, George Bush became president of the United States by 537 votes. And, um, 
and and that so that's one of the just one of the stories in the book, and the, and it keeps rolling on. And of course, that's why I appreciate Pacifica and your station, which I've been on before, and uh, Democracy Now, which I, which carries my reports in the U.S. and Flashpoints, where I have the the uh, you'll know me from uh, Dennis Bernstein and myself. We do our election crimes bulletin. Yeah, you guys are a dynamic this duo. This keeps happening, and we can't get this story into the... We just cannot get this story into the mainstream media in the U.S. Now, I am mainstream in the rest of the world. Like I said, I was the International Reporter of the Year in Mexico. I was the uh, Reporter of the Year in Great Britain working for BBC and The Guardian. These are real news outlets, but the kind of... of, uh, of uh, you know, pablum that you get from the New York Isvestian, the Washington Pravda, uh, L.A. Times, you know, uh, um, you know, these horrific journals that just avoid the news and don't ever want to talk about how we have a Jim Crow voting system in America. They might mention a couple things like, oh, it's difficult for black people to vote because of new ID laws. But none of them ever, ever, ever once, not once has ever said all those stories you ran about, what they call vote suppression, change the outcome of an election because that's illegal to say in the United States. You can't do that and keep your career in American journalism. You can never say that actually changed the outcome ever. And why is you that? Know? And um, why is that's, that? That's the problem. So if you read the best democracy the money can buy, which I encourage until Patriot Act 3 takes away your right to read. <laughs> Uh, you can also um, download the film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, The Case of the Stolen Election, which is now free on Prime. So if you have Prime, you got it free, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, or go to gregpalast.com where you can get it, uh, the film for free or if you make a donation to uh, our not-for-profit foundation. But you don't have to. You can just get the film for free at gregpalast.com. Com. And that gives you the story as well. And by the way, it's in an entertaining manner. I mean, it's not your PBS white guys in front of bookcases. We have a Saturday morning cartoon uh, by a, a great Oregonian uh, a cartoonist, the guy uh, who did, who drew, who framed Roger Rabbit, Keith Tucker from Oregon. And we have his cartoons in there. We have uh, Willie Nelson playing a um, stoner musician, believe it or not. But actually, the truth is, you know, Willie Nelson was actually – uh, targeted for removal from the voter rolls. Willie Nelson is a very common black name, by the way, and that is his legal name, Willie. And um, he was uh, accused of voting twice. That is, uh, once in Texas and once in Mississippi, because they found a Willie Nelson in in Texas and a Willie Nelson in Mississippi, and they said obviously it's the same voter, except. Um, he's Willie H. Nelson, and the Mississippi voter is Willie Mae Nelson, a woman. So in the film, I ask him if he, how he got away with uh, voting as a woman with his beard. Maybe it's the pigtails, right? Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's, this is the games that they play. So that's one of the games which uh, they play, uh, removing voters who they claim vote twice. They use a system, they've been using a system which they call um, interstate cross-check. And if you've listened to uh, my reports, again, this is Greg Palace with you. And it's a story I broke in Al Jazeera and in Rolling Stone about a system called Interstate Crosscheck, where they identified supposedly 
this GOP hitman named Chris Kobach of Kansas, if you can't remember that name, just think KKK, Chris Kobach of Kansas, came with a list of 7 million people. Actually, it's 3 million, 3.5 million people who said voted twice. He had 7 million names. Now, is there really millions of people committing the felony crime? Go to jail for, for five years, by the way, if you vote uh, two times in a single election. The idea is that someone's voting, you know, you vote in Oregon and then you vote in Washington, right? Well, that's a, that's a go-to-jail crime. And I don't know of a single person who's ever been found guilty of that who hasn't actually gone to jail. You really do go to jail, even if you have no record. It's a, tough, it's a real crime. So 7 million, three, 3 million people are committing this crime? The answer is no. It's like Willie Nelson. They all had first and last names that matched, and it's all common names like Jose Garcia, um, you know, John Black, uh, Jesse Jackson. I think you're getting the idea. It's, see, the, the history of slavery, the history of the Spanish conquest, and the history of Asian immigration means that voters of color have, are the ones with the preponderance of similar names. Like there are 832,000 Garcias in America. And 85 of the 100 most common names in the U.S., 85 of the 100 most common names in the U.S., the last names, are minority names, like Garcia, Rodriguez, Black, Johnson, um, Chung, Ho, um, et cetera. So they engage in all sorts of other chicanery, such as extreme gerrymandering and putting election yeah. uh uh, stations too far from mass transit for poor people to get to them. And do you look into this oh, yeah. kind of stuff as well? Oh, yeah. And, well, actually, one of the interesting things is, well, for example, if you see the film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, uh, you will see, I go to Dayton, Ohio. Um, 70% of black people in Ohio vote early because they can't get Tuesdays off. So you vote, they vote on Sundays. They call it souls to the polls day. And so knowing this, instead of having, they say, okay, we're going to make it fair. We're going to have one single polling station for each County. That means Cleveland, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, those black cities get one polling station, but some podunk county with 6,000 cows get the polling station when there's only, you know, 200 early voters. So the lines in Dayton, Ohio, 8,000 people voting in one polling station in Dayton, Ohio. The line, and you'll see it in the film, five hours long. Whereas if you go to the white suburbs of Toledo, I went to see how long lines would be at the white suburbs of Toledo on election day. And I went to one polling station, and there was no line. Okay, black people waited five hours in line. By the way, it's Ohio in November. It's freezing, and they're outside in a parking lot. Okay? They're waiting five hours in a freezing parking lot. And, um, and if you're white, though, there's no line. And if you went in, there was cookies and coffee for you. So, you know, this is – so when you talk about distance and everything else – you cannot imagine the games that are played in some of these Jim Crow states. And when I say Jim Crow states, yes, I've covered, did a lot of coverage of Georgia. I did a lot of coverage of, um, you know, in the South and in Florida. 
But I'm t- but the Jim Crow states that I've been concentrating on are Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan. You know, those are the real and New Hampshire. Those are the real Jim Crow states. And you mentioned of, you mentioned uh, Kobach in Kansas too. Is 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 he uh, Kobach in Kansas? Yeah. And now, interesting. My film, just so you know, when um, my film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, again, you can get it free now. We just started, just put it out free on Prime or or gregpalace.com. You can go and click on it and download it. Um, it uh, was played, the League of Women Voters played the film 60 times during the last election when Chris Kobach, who came up with this racist list, when Chris Kobach um, was running for governor. And so the League of Women Voters just played the film all over the state, and a Kobach lost. Now, I have to say that I'm a journalist. I don't ever take sides in any elections, uh, but uh, a lot of people noted my film, that my film may have played a role in the, in the defeat of Kobach, and, which I have nothing to do with, but I will say you're welcome. Well, that's historic because he was uh, like a fixture in Kansas politics for quite some time. That's right. He he was head of the Republican Party. He was Secretary of State. So, and here's here's the interesting. Here's a guy who controlled the voter rolls of his state, obviously, as secretary. So he's running as Secretary of State. He's in control of the voter rolls, but he's also running for governor at the same time. And so that's, by the way, ironically, it's one of the reasons he lost. Because he fixed the election, the primary election. He was running against a sitting governor. He had a sitting Republican governor. Now, how many times do you have a Republican challenge a sitting, a, you know, someone challenge a sitting governor of their own party? It doesn't happen very often. So he challenged his own governor, and he fixed the election. He literally threw out, uh, the, the, he threw out several thousand ballots disqualified several thousand ballots cast by his uh, um, uh, voters for his opponent. Just because he could. So he, won the, so he won the primary. But so many Republicans who voted for the sitting governor were upset that, that he literally – they didn't – can I tell you, they didn't mind when he was stealing elections from Democrats. But now he was stealing elections from other Republicans. That wasn't going to fly. So um, – a lot of them simply refused to vote in, uh, for governor or voted for a third party. And uh, that uh, – so Chris lost that. And now he's running, by the way, for the U.S. Senate there. And um, even the white – even though he's Donald Trump's uh, vote thief in chief, they really don't want him to run for Senate in Kansas because they think that the same thing will happen. People will never elect him. And so they're trying to get that uh, that our great statesman, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, if he doesn't go to prison, to run for Senate because he's from Kansas. They're trying to get Pompeo to run inst- uh, instead of uh, Kobach. God help us. So you know, um, <laughs> so it's interesting. It's kind of a of a karmic um, backlash going on here. But so yeah, Chris Kobach of Kansas, but he's not. You know, and he's he has other. Games he's playing. By the way, it was Kobach. It was Kobach. If you read the best democracy money could buy, it was Kobach who came up with the idea of Mexico paying for the wall. Remember that? People keep forgetting it. I mean, Trump keeps saying, "Give me my billions for the wall." Wait a minute. I thought Mexico was supposed to pay for it, right? That was Chris Kobach's idea. Um, and the, the 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 other thing is that Kobach is also the guy behind this idea that five 
million or now he, he changes numbers to one million, five million. He goes back and forth that millions of aliens are swimming across the Rio Grande and voted for Hillary Clinton. And that they, uh, we have aliens voting in our elections. The thing is, he can't find any. Now, if there are millions, it should be pretty easy. And here's the other thing about an alien voting in our elections. They give you their address. They show up to vote. <laughs> you know, it's pretty you – know, if, if they're illegal aliens voting in our elections, it's pretty easy to grab them, no? And um, the, he, there was only one. Chris Kobach himself made the arrest. Are you ready for this? He was. He swore in. You know, people that were official who got had their green cards and then swore in as new citizens. He swore that he. So he swore in a group of new citizens who'd gone through the entire process. But one guy that he swore in had, when he got his uh, notification, he was now a citizen, registered to vote. A couple of days before he took, had the ceremony, but he hadn't had the official ceremony with Chris Kobach. So Kobach swore him in as a citizen and then arrested him. That because he needed to show that there really was an alien voter. That's his alien voter. Okay. OMG. That's what's going on now. If you think, well, okay, that's a joke. It's not a joke. In Florida, they try to remove. Are you ready? One hundred eighty-one thousand people as aliens. A hundred and eighty-one thousand. I have a chapter in my book called "Aliens Attack." Um, about 181,000 Floridians who are accused of being um, aliens. Now, how has that happened? Especially after after the hurricanes, you've had a mass, about a half million Puerto Ricans move, basically abandon Puerto Rico, which is becoming unlivable, and move to Florida. Now, Puerto Ricans are American citizens. If they move to Florida in 30 days, they can register to vote, and they are legal. But if their names are Hernandez and Garcia, et cetera, they're saying, oh, well, that's an alien. And they're telling people to prove that they're American citizens. Now, let me tell you something. If you had to prove you're an American citizen, by the way, do you have a passport? Yes. You do. Okay, so you're lucky. You're one of the few Americans that has a passport. That is proof of citizenship. There's only two proofs of citizenship in America. A driver's license is not a proof of citizenship. My uh, uh, Lenny Badpenny, our chief um, investigator here at the, at the Palace, the Greg Palace Investigative Fund, um, she has a California driver's license, and but she is a Swiss and British citizen, not an American, but she drives in California, so she has a driver's license. So driver's licenses are not proof of citizenship. The only thing, and by the way, military uh, ID is not proof of citizenship. You can be an alien in the U.S. military. So Chris Kobach, for example, uh, removed two uh, U.S. Air Force officers who were serving at the Lawrence Air Base in Kansas, removed them from the voter rolls because they couldn't prove they were citizens because all they had was their military ID. And he said, well, they're not, they are not, have not proven they're citizens. And when they went to court, they said, the, the judge said, these are Americans. They're here swearing on, on a Bible under penalty of perjury that they are United States citizens and officers in America's military. 
What's your proof that they aren't citizens? He says, well, I'm not saying it. I know that they're Americans, but I'm not going to let them vote because they can't prove it. Well, we're not red China. We don't have citizenship cards. So he knows that who gets knocked out. It's not incidental that these officers were black. They couldn't because the only other document other than a um, a um, passport is your original, original, not copy, original or certified uh, certified replacement birth certificate. You have to have a certified or original birth certificate, not a copy. I, and if those listening say, well, I don't know where that is. <laughs> you know? And especially if uh, poor people who are often born at home, like, uh, and that was true of a lot of black folk, uh, and um, there's no record, right? And so the this is the type of game that they're playing they're still playing it, and um, you know, there's like ten ways that they remove voters, but it's generally aimed at black people and poor people, young people. The latest thing, by the way, is called use it or lose it. If you don't vote for, in two elections, they send you a postcard. If you don't respond to the postcard, you're removed from the voter rolls. Now, it is illegal to remove someone from a voter roll. Illegal, Andrew, if you. Um, before not voting, because in America you have the right not only to vote, you have the right not to vote. So how can they remove people for not voting? Because they're saying if you don't vote in a couple elections, you don't respond to postcard. Well, you've obviously moved. I tested this in Georgia. Georgia removed half a million people from the voter rolls before the election between Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp. Stacey Abrams was the first black woman in American history to run for governor, and she's running against Brian Kemp, who, like Chris Kobach, like Chris Kobach, was also Secretary of State in charge of the voter rolls. So this guy, Brian Kemp, this Republican, removes half a million people from the voter rolls, overwhelmingly voters of color, overwhelmingly voters of color. And he runs for governor. He refuses to resign his, his post running the election while he's running for governor. I sued him, got the list of people he removed from the voter rolls on grounds that they had left the state or they had moved. I had experts from Silicon Valley, four expert firms, go through name by name, not a sample, but actually name by name. And we found 340,134 voters who were wrongly removed from the voter rolls who had never left their homes. They didn't move. They didn't even move down the street. Thank God for you. A third you. of a million voters. And that elected Brian Kemp as governor of Georgia over Stacey Abrams. And and one thing that's refreshing, she is suing the state, the very first Democrat ever to sue a state saying an election was stolen by racist means. And what's her new organization now that's uh, standing for uh, transparency in elections? Are you still there? Greg? Right. And the one in Georgia is called Fair Fight Georgia. And, and I have to say she has – and I want to thank Stacy because she has hired <laughs> – relieved me of the cost – has uh, retained my entire expert team to help her in federal court. Wow. But uh, what I'd like to do is right now is um, the Palace Fund uh, – we're trying to put together some uh, funding and also working with media outlets uh, to – do the work we did in Georgia, which is really quite elaborate, going through the entire voter roll, all the purge lists, go through the purge lists in 20 other states where they're playing these games. 
I mean, I have to say Oregon, if, if, by the way, if you're in Oregon, it's not, it, Oregon is absolutely the cleanest um, voting state in America. Except it's one of the only voting states where I can pretty much say you don't have a massive racist purge operation. Well, there is the a lot of... The problem is that vote, even, yeah, even in Oregon, you have problems, which just shows you, like, in, even in the best state in America in terms of voting, you sell problems. The one thing I recommend for everyone in Oregon, please, in fact, when you get off this, when, when this program's done, go check your voter registration online and make sure that you are registered because people get knocked off all the time for all kinds of ridiculous reasons. And then you try to vote. And I know in Oregon, it's, it's almost entirely a mail-in system and you don't get your ballot. And you say, well, what happened? I didn't get my ballot. Well, the answer is that you're no longer on the voter rolls, so you don't get your ballot. So please go online when we're done, or maybe while you're listening, if you're a multitasker. So that is, a, you know, so if you're a multitasker, go online and with the Secretary of State's Office of Oregon and or your local county also has these, every state has them online, and see if you are registered to vote. And make sure that they got your name spelled right, your address right, et cetera. So you can protect yourself that's the first step. And by the way, if you're not registered, don't fill out some piece of paper. So Do quick, it online. So I quick, know people have lately gotten crazy about worrying about being online. You fill out a piece of paper when you go to the DMV, you will not be registered. Now, I know that in Oregon you have an opt-out system, which is also one, a great advancement over most other states. But still, you better check. Like, again, Oregon is the best. But even in Oregon, you better check. So one final question, how is the closing media environment uh, partially responsible for America being unaware of all this chicanery? You know, like I just heard an RT America um, program where they say this, the national security state is now taking an active interest in providing oversight for elections in the U.S. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I mean... Okay, the answer to your question, what role does the media play in making America, Americans ignorant of our, of our dest destroyed voting system? The answer is 100%. It is the American media, which has completely made a mess of this. Again, I did my reports about Florida, about the theft of the election of Ohio in 2004. I did that for British media, The Guardian. I was living in London, The Guardian and BBC television. When I was reporting on the theft of the elections in 16 and uh, 18, I was in 16 and 14, I was doing that for Al Jazeera television, right? Another for, you know, like terrorist TV, you know, it's like Al Jazeera. They're the only ones that were taking an active interest. And then in, um, and yes, and I was also working for Rolling Stone, which is kind of the AARP uh, rock newsletter, but it's not your daily newspaper and it's whatever I said on in Rolling Stone was not covered whatsoever. And, you know, um, it, not even, it's not just the foxhole. It's like, you know, CBS and NBC and, and all those other corporate toady operations. God forbid they should say Americans elect election system is broken. And, you know, I'm just really getting tired of that, but that's why we have, thank God Pacifica. And, and I'm, and I hope people understand how precious your station is. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Rogue Regenesis. 